You're listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. Out Loud Bible Project is on a mission to read the entire Bible out loud in a conversational and approachable way, so you can recognize your part in this conversation between you and God. is the Out Loud Bible Project podcast, where we read the Bible out loud as conversationally as possible. Here we are, here you are, and here we go. So last episode, uh, we talked about Mark chapter 7 and 8, and lots of rumors were swirling around about who Jesus was, and that's while he was still living. And so nowadays, there's even more thoughts and opinions about who Jesus was and if he even existed in the first place. So it makes Jesus's question of who do you say I am even more important for us to answer today. It's no coincidence that in today's reading, Jesus gets real obvious about who he is. So let's check it out right here in Mark chapters 9 and 10. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John and brought them onto a high mountain privately by themselves, and he was changed into another form in front of them. His clothing became glistening, exceedingly white like snow, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. Uh, Elijah and Moses appeared to them, and they were talking with Jesus. Peter answered, Jesus Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let's make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he didn't know what to say, for they were very afraid. A cloud came, overshadowing them, and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they saw no one with them anymore except Jesus only. As they were coming down from the mountain, he commanded them that they should tell no one the things they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept this saying to themselves, questioning what the rising from the dead meant. They asked him, saying, Why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? He said to them, Elijah indeed comes first and restores all things. How is it written about the Son of Man that he should suffer many things and be despised? But, I tell you that Elijah has come, and they've also done to him whatever they wanted to, even as it's written about him. Coming to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes questioning them. Immediately, all the multitude, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. He asked the scribes, what are you asking them? One of the multitude answered, Teacher, I brought to you my son who has a mute spirit, and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and wastes away. I I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they weren't able. He answered them, Unbelieving generation, how long will I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. They brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground, wallowing and foaming at the mouth. He asked his father, how long has it been since this has come to him? He said, from childhood. Often it has cast him both in the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, just have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. 
Immediately, the father of the child cried out with tears, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a multitude came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to him, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him, and never enter him again. After crying out and convulsing him greatly, it came out of him. The boy became like one dead, so much that most of them said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and raised him up, and he arose. When he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we cast it out? He said to them, This kind can come out by nothing except by prayer and fasting. They went out from there and passed through Galilee. He didn't want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples and said to them, The Son of Man is being handed over to the hands of men, and they will kill him, and when he's killed, on the third day, he will rise again. But they didn't understand the saying and were afraid to ask him. He came to Capernaum, and while he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing among yourselves on the way? But... They were silent, for they had disputed with one another on the way about who was the greatest. He sat down and called the twelve, and he said to them, If any man wants to be first, he shall be the last of all and servant of all. He took a little child and set him in the middle of them. Taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one such little child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me doesn't receive me, but him who sent me. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone who doesn't follow us casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he doesn't follow us. But Jesus said, Don't forbid him, for there is no one who will do a mighty work in my name and be able quickly to speak evil of me. For whoever is not against us is on our side. For whoever will give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you are Christ's, most certainly, I tell you, he will in no way lose his reward. Whoever will cause one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, (laughs) it would be better for him if he were thrown into the sea with a millstone hung around his neck. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having your two hands to go into the unquenchable fire. If your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter into life lame rather than having your two feet to be cast into the fire. If your eye causes you to stumble, cast it out. It's better for you to enter into God's kingdom with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into the fire where their worm doesn't die and the fire's not quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, with what will you season it? Have salt in yourselves, and be at peace with one another. Then Jesus left Capernaum and went down to the region of Judea and into the area east of the Jordan River. Once again, crowds gathered around him, and as usual, he was teaching them. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife? Jesus answered them with a question. What does Moses say in the law about divorce? Well, he permitted it, they replied. He said a man can give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away. But Jesus responded, he wrote this commandment only as a concession to your hard hearts. But God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. 
since they're no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Later, when he was alone with his disciples in the house, they brought up the subject again. He told them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries someone else, she commits adultery. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down, and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But, to answer your question, you know all the commandments. You must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, you must not cheat anyone, honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, "Ah, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. This amazed them. But Jesus said again, Dear children, it's very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. What Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it's impossible. But not with God. Everything is possible with God. Then Peter began to speak up. We've given up everything to follow you, he said. Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brother or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property along with persecution. And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be least important then. And those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. They were now on the way up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. The disciples were filled with awe, and the people following behind were overwhelmed with fear. Taking the twelve disciples aside, Jesus once more began to describe everything that was about to happen. Listen, he said, We're going up to Jerusalem, where the Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. They will sentence him to die and hand him over to the Romans. They'll mock him, spit on him, flog him with a whip, and kill him. But after three days, he will rise again. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What's your request? he asked. They replied, When you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of 
honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh, yes, they replied. Yeah, we're able. Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he's chosen. When the other ten disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life a ransom for many. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. He's, come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Today we saw several different people approach Jesus with different levels of faith. The father of the demon-possessed boy said, Please help me if you can. Jesus challenged him to take his faith up just one more notch and asked if he actually believed he could. The rich man said, I've kept all sorts of commandments. Can I have eternal life? Jesus challenged him to take his faith up just one more notch and give away his possessions. The blind man said, Have mercy on me. And Jesus challenged him to take his faith up just one more notch and be specific about what he wanted. Look, Jesus is thrilled when you approach him, even if you have small amounts of faith. Don't be surprised, though, if he asks you to take it up one more notch. That's the Thinking Out Loud thought for today. Thanks for listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. In this episode, we read from the World English Bible Translation, but we encourage you to read for yourself whatever translation works best for you. For tips on how to get the most out of reading your Bible, download your free Out Loud Bible Study Guide at outloudbible.com.